thanks to Midriff's sponsor, Earthquaker Devices. Earthquaker Devices are continually identified as leaders in the music gear industry for their commitment to creating a better, more inclusive, diverse, and welcoming music culture. You've probably seen it yourself, right? They are intentional in this work, and they take the time to do it well, and you can see it in almost everything they do, right? From sponsoring podcasts like this one to their representation in social media and artists they endorse, right? And there's probably other things that you're, we're not even seeing, right, that are behind the scenes. And then there's their truly unique, creative, inspiring pedals. Did I mention they make pedals? They're made in by hand in Akron, Ohio by like a whole pile of really, really awesome folks. Their pedals are useful and easy to use tools for like any instrument as a guitar, bass, synth, drums, whatever. And they make pretty much every type of pedal under the sun. Whether you want an octave pedal, you want a distortion pedal, you want a fuzz, you want some modulation, they've got it for you, including a few super affordable pedals that you can grab for under $100, right? Amazing. If you hear folks sing their praises, there is a reason why. And I personally played Earthquaker pedals for over 10 years, and I'm proud to have them as sponsors on this podcast and to have been able to work with them as well. And you can learn more about Earthquaker Devices at EarthquakerDevices.com. Hello and welcome to Midriff, the podcast about gender, music, and music gear. I don't know about you, but my spring has been totally bonkers. I may have even said that last episode. I don't know. It just keeps happening. But it's all good stuff. Uh, Probably you're having this experience as well. Summer's summer's coming. School's ending for my kid. I have a work trip coming up in London, which should be fun. My band played our third show. It honestly feels wild since there was a moment during the pandemic when it felt like I'd never play a show again. It had been so long. So yeah, it's been great to get back out there. We played a rad show with Bent Knee, who are just so amazingly talented. It was wild. I hadn't seen them in a minute. Um, yeah. And if you know if you follow Chase Bliss, you might be familiar with Courtney Swain, or you might be just familiar with her or the band already. Um, and she's their singer and multi instrumentalist, and just uses a ton of Chase Bliss stuff. So that was that was cool to see in action. Uh, we have an upcoming show in Boston in a month at Faces. Technically, it's Malden, Boston. Folks, don't get mad at me. <laughs> uh, then we're playing with our buddies in the Pines of Rome, who reunited and just released their first record in 15 years, which was recommended by Pitchfork. Ooh la la. John Kologi has been involved in like one million projects. Uh, you might know him from his project High Orid. And um, he's one of my main pedal sorcerers. Uh, and I want to say it's like a pedal sorcerer, but we're going to say pedal sorcerer. Uh, one of two main buddies who sort of like gives me pedals to try and then I show them on Instagram if I don't own them myself. Check them out if you like kind of slow core, like post rocky Chicago quarter stick records, stuff like that. Like I don't know, like shipping news or June of 44. Anyway, fun stuff to look forward to. And um, oh, yeah. Also, with uh, spring coming, I I don't know about you. Also, I'm a huge yard sale, like flea market person. And I uh, it's a great time of year for that. Went to a yard sale last weekend, got a ridiculous amp. It's so ridiculous, which it's, it's a totally busted PV decade that has a hole in this grill. And it just says biting satire on it. Why? I don't know, but it makes me love it more. I paid $10 because I wasn't sure if it was broken. And and uh, yeah, I <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised that it actually worked. I'm going to hopefully do a video on that soon. So keep your eyes peeled for some biting satire. 
Uh, All right. So for today's episode, I thought it might be useful to dig into a topic that comes up a lot. So it's the beginning of Pride Month, and there's just so many attacks happening right now on LGBTQ plus rights everywhere. And it's natural, I think, to wonder what you can do to help in that situation, right? And, you know, this time of year, last year, there was a big push around abortion rights. Before that, it was Black Lives Matter. And these issues tend to go in cycles. None of the issues have gone away simply because they aren't like currently trending or viral. They're always, you know, unfortunately, frequently, uh, these are ongoing issues, right? So I often have people in the industry reaching out, asking what they or their company can do to help on these issues. And, you know, I outlined that in a pretty fair amount of depth in two pieces, which I will call my I want to get involved, but I don't know where to start series. Uh, And one was specifically for individual musicians and the other was for companies. I will link to that in the show notes. Those are just two blog pieces. And I, yeah, I... (laughs) I wanted to sort of like get in a little bit more around um, making decisions about specifically where you want to act or intervene or what that might look like. So hopefully these steps will help you figure out where to go. So first, identify your values and what you want to advocate for. And, you know, I've talked about this a lot of times here, but it is really important to start with your values. So what's important to you and your company you can use that as an overarching guide, right? And so if you have that figured out, that's going to be great. If you don't have that figured out, you can kind of think about like individually, you know, like what are the topics that you are most activated by? What gets you angry? What gives you hope? What impacts, you know, the most people the most deeply? What can you speak to from personal experience? Where can you use your personal power to best make change? Where can, you know, you focus action short-term or long-term? You know, do you want to go all in on one topic or do you want to spread your efforts across like a number of different issues? You know, like how do you make decisions with your money? Like that can be a guide. All of those things. Right. So start there. And hopefully those questions will kind of activate you, give you some direction. And once you figure out an issue or two you care about, then you can move on to step two, which is identify your activism style. I think sometimes people get really stuck with this because they think that the only kind of activism they can do is like protest. And that is great and very important. But there are so many different ways that people can be involved in making change, right? So I think it's important to think about like what type of person you are, like which, (laughs) what ways you find yourself like engaged in different activities, right? So like, what do you like to do and what are you good at, right? So are you into like talking to people one-on-one, organizing small groups or large groups, persuading or influencing other people, getting others to donate time or money, like doing data-oriented stuff, doing art or music or writing. If you have basically any skill of any sort, there's probably a group that could use your help. So whether it's like, graphic design, research, um, data analysis, organizing, anything really. And, you know, volunteering is also a really great way to like build skills too, if you don't have them yet. And then also you can meet tons of awesome people. So a win-win really. Um, So here are some general ways uh, or examples of ways that you can make change. So I'm just kind of run through them um, and I'll give a little context for each if it's relevant. So talking with friends, family and coworkers, right? If you are a person who is good at talking to those people and you feel like you can have a conversation with folks that's going to be useful, go for that. 
educating yourself and others about topics that you care about or want to know more about, right? So part of this is educating yourself, like it's helpful for you to know what's going on, for you to be able to advocate appropriately. So that's good. Sharing information on social media, right? Like that might be your jam. Um, art or music activism. So that could be like creating politically oriented art or music or using art or music to raise money through some sort of benefit, right? Volunteering, as I had mentioned, and there's a lot of ways to do that donating to an individual person, right? So like some people are like, I don't want to donate to an organization. I want to just see this go to one person. Do that. Obviously, you can also donate to an organization. Uh, sponsorships, right? Like so your company might choose to sponsor a particular organization. You can participate, as I said before, in like marches, rallies, protests, related actions like that. You can write about topics that you care about and then you share share that out. You can write to CEOs, politicians, celebrities, whoever you think will be effective at helping make change. Organizing your friends, family, or coworkers in some sort of way, and that could look like a lot of different things. It could be petitions, it could be like organizing a drive, all of those types of things. Changing policies at your workplace or your church or other group that you're involved in. Running for local office choosing to support or boycott companies based on your alignment with their values or the actions they've engaged in. Yeah, so there's there's just so many different ways that you can get involved. And I think that thinking about it as more than just one thing or one way that you can get involved, because sometimes I think people are like, well, I don't like want to get in a fight on the internet or whatever. And like, it's great to speak out, but I think it's like figuring out like, what are you doing? It's also like if you're only posting on the internet about things like that, maybe not be enough. So, and I talked about that in a, a blog post as well. Of course, this is like not even close to the different ways that someone might engage in activism. That is a small list, but it's a good reference place if you're starting out and you just need a couple of ideas, right? And I'm also gonna post in a blog um, some examples specific to music gear. I'm gonna talk about it here as well, but if you just wanna see it visually, you'll be able to see that too. And so that could look a lot of different ways, but I wanna provide a little context for how I'm gonna talk about it. So, you know, when you're thinking about the type of activism that you want to engage in, there is, you know, a useful tool that I've mentioned here on the podcast a number of times, and it is the socio-ecological model. And I specifically talked about it in episode 11, but I've talked about it all in, all over the place since then. The socio-ecological model was created by Yuri Bronfenbrenner, who is a developmental psychologist. He came up with this in 1979. It's sort of been adapted um, since then. And he was talking about the ways that basically like a child is impacted by the world around them and that creates who they are as a person, right? He realized it wasn't just DNA or just parents or just peers that make a child who they are, but a combination of all of those things, right? And he identified several layers of influence that people experience. And you know, these layers were then adapted across a number of fields like public health as means for effectively making change. And I'm going to include this image in the blog. So I'm going to reference that if you want to see it in the um, show notes, there'll be a link. Um, but I'm going to describe it here so it makes sense. Um, so we're going to think about a concentric circle. The first circle in the middle there is the individual. And so change at that level um, is basically uh, related to things like you know, individual education, training, skill building, things like that, right? So things about the individual. So if you're going to do something 
to affect somebody at that level, it's going to be affecting them individually, right? The next circle out is the relationship level. And that includes like interactions with parents, with peers, coworkers, things like that, any other one-on-one -on -one interaction that you have in the world. And I'm gonna explain a little bit further about this in a moment. Change at that level might look like, you know, uh, practicing role-playing, communication, conversations, bystander intervention training, mentoring, all these things. The next level out is uh, the community level. And that would include like the influence of schools, workplaces, churches, hospitals, other institutions like that, neighborhoods even. Change at this level would include policy change at a, like a workplace level, at a school level, um, that type of thing. The largest ring of our concentric circle is the systemic level. And this level includes um, anything that impacts like everyone in the society or culture, right? So that could be like laws, regulations, media, things like that. And um, yeah, so there's a couple of examples that I want to include sort of related to each of these levels. So at the individual level, when you're affecting an individual, that might look like on-site virtual training and virtual trainings, reading, watching, listening to an educational info. Therapy could be part of that, right? Uh, at the relationship level, when you're talking one-on-one -on -one interactions with folks, that could be bystander intervention, healthy communication, mentoring, one-on-one -on -one conversations, sharing on social media, art activism. At the community level, we're moving out further here in this ring. That would be things like, uh, so this is schools, workplaces, religious institutions, those types of things. Changing company venue, like say if you're working with venue policies there, partnering with community groups, local or protesting, uh, organizing, that kind of thing. And then at the larger level, it could be something that's affecting like the whole culture um, at like a larger level. So things that happen like within the whole industry. So like think advocating for, by a NAM, for example, testifying, um, like legal testimony working at the industry level to change like media representation, right? So that is an example of what those might look like in practice. And you can see all of those examples that we talked about before fit into each of these in different ways. And, you know, <laughs> there is like a little bit overlap between a few of them. So, you know, you can think about them slightly differently, but I think it's good to think about the point here is that in order to make change, it has to happen across all of those levels. That's the important thing, okay? And yeah, it's, it doesn't mean you personally have to do something across all these levels, but you pick the areas that you find fit best with your skills, interest, abilities, et cetera. And those efforts can combine with others working at other levels, right? Step four, I think uh, I want to talk a little bit about who you're talking to. So you want to identify who you're talking to. So if you are someone who wants to work on the individual level via conversations with others or, you know, work to persuade the people around you, it's important to think about exactly who you are best suited to influence. And I think everybody does this to some degree, right? Like everybody's having conversations all the time, but I think figuring out when it is you that's the person who should be doing the, like having those harder conversations, I think is important to recognize. And I'll say, I, uh, I wanna talk a little bit about Loretta Ross, who I've been able to see speak a few times in my life, including last summer in Providence. And if you're unfamiliar with her, she is well known for her work, sort of focusing on human rights approach to reproductive justice. And she's been doing it for years and years, very well respected. Um, so in her talk, she discussed the idea of the circles of influence in social justice work. And essentially, it's a way of thinking about making change that is beneficial because first, it 
like increases the effectiveness of the message provided. And also the messenger then that, that you, you don't bang your head against the wall because you're trying to convince someone of your point and they're never going to listen to you. So you can think about that. It's another concentric circle because here we are. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, team, I just can't stop talking about concentric circles. Um, so the circles of influence, you start in the middle. The first circle is like something that you have 90% agreement on. So, um, or, or individuals with whom you have 90% agreement. So thinking about people who are kind of similar. So she would talk about somebody that does like, um, like a fairly radical person, they might go out to somebody who's like the, the next least radical. So people who have 90% agreement on their policies, right? They're gonna work with those people regularly. That's important. Then you go out to like the 75% level, that's the next level. And that you're gonna have a lot of agreement. There's gonna be some things that people are going to disagree on, but you're gonna have a lot more influence because you have that baseline of values, right? Then there's the 50%. So you share about 50% of your values with this person. Um, you're going to be in agreement 50% of the time about your values and what you care about and how you're going to do things, right? So that is, you know, you're going to have some overlap, but there's going to be more uh, disputes, right? Then you go out to the 25%. And that's, you know, you might have a few things you can agree on, but not very much. And then 0%. So you're just never going to agree on anything, right? And you can imagine, obviously, you're, you're in the group of like probably 90%, right? At that point, think about who makes up the 75% for you. Who's like one step out that you have some influence over, you share some things that you're going to be an active messenger around, right? So your position in the circle determines who you might be most able to influence. So, you know, it makes sense, I think. If you're an organizer around like abolition work, you probably aren't going to be the most effective messenger of anti-racism to someone who is a prison guard and a white supremacist. Like <laughs> that's, they're gonna be the 0% for you. But someone who is maybe that person's church member, you know, somebody who they share some overlapping values with might be, right? Like they might be closer in, they might be your 25%, but you're just moving one ring out. So you could probably, you know, if you're in the middle at that 90%, you could probably move out two rings to like the 50% and still be able to have some influence. But the, the most effective you're going to be is with that closer 75%. And those are the folks you want to sort of aim for. All right. So once you've done all of this, you want to make a plan. And you know, ultimately, when you're sort of determining your own activism, you first need to think about the why. So, you know, like, what are your values? What's important to you? Why are you doing this in the first place? Then you think about the what. So specifically, what issues are you going to advocate for? You know, so it might be the issues, but you also might then identify the organizations if you're going to work at that level. So we didn't get into that too much here, but, you know, but do some research and ask the people who are most affected by that particular issue who they think you should support. Then you want to think about who you're going to address and how you're going to do it, right? So make a plan, talk with your family or your coworkers about how you want to get involved individually or as an organization. Pick one thing, start with that, and then maybe pick another and go from there, okay? Come up with a plan. Ultimately, you know, <laughs> change is needed in so many directions, right? That the most important thing is that you start, right? You don't want it to get stuck because you can't decide what to do. It can be overwhelming. But I hope these ideas open it up a little bit so you can think about the range of ways that you can get involved and find the ones that make the most sense for you and your organization, given your values, your skills, your interests, your connections, okay? All right, that's it for today. If you have any questions or ideas at all, please reach out. I would love to hear them. And thanks for listening.